Welcome to the Eddie Hyatt Podcast. I'm your host and teacher, Eddie Hyatt. So glad you've joined me today as we continue our study of characteristics of a heaven-sent revival. Wow, how the church and the nations need real heaven-sent revival today. How we need a new Pentecost, a new visitation, a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And today I want to talk about revival and the Holy Spirit, for there is no such thing as real revival apart from the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that revives and renews us. You may remember, I hope you do, from uh, the very first uh, episode on this theme, I talked about the meaning of the word revival. It comes from the French word the, meaning life, and the prefix re, meaning again, literally life again. And so revival is not evangelism. Revival is for a spiritually dead and formal church, for spiritually dead and formal Christians who are still going through the outward motions. They're going through the formalities and the rituals and, and jumping through the religious hoops, but are missing uh, the real life and power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. As Paul said in one of his epistles, they have a form of godliness, but deny and lack the power thereof. And it is the Holy Spirit that brings life. So revival is life again. Uh, it is God breathing upon his people, upon his church that has become dry and dead and formal and stuck in a religious rut. And in the, in the scriptures, what I want to look at today is the fact that one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit is water. Now, in the scripture, God uses symbols to communicate with us, uh, to help us, to give us, and to help us to have an understanding um, of what the subject is that we are talking about. And we're talking about the Holy Spirit today. And uh, so a, a symbol is something that represents something else. Um, it's, it's, an, it's an illustration. It's an analogy. Uh, it's a comparison of something with which we are familiar or known with something which, which we are unfamiliar or unknown. And it gives us understanding. And so throughout Scripture, water is used, rivers and water is used of a type of the Holy Spirit because water gives refreshing and life. You, you cannot live without water. I've heard it said that the most a person can live, that normally a person cannot live more than three days without water. Water brings life. It brings refreshing. It brings cleanliness. This is why cities are built neck to bodies of water. Cities are built on rivers. Cities are built on uh, along the coast of oceans. Cities are built on the shores of great lakes like Lake Michigan, Lake Superior, and so on, because water gives and is necessary for life. And throughout Scripture, water is used 
as a symbol or type of the Holy Spirit to communicate truth to us. I'll read some of those passages to you today. Um, Isaiah 44.3 says, Who says, I will pour, Isaiah 44.3, I will pour water. I will pour water. What's he talking about, pour water? Talking about his Holy Spirit. I will pour water on the one who is thirsty. A person who is really thirsty, there is nothing more satisfying and refreshing than a nice drink of cool water. And Jesus said, and it's actually Isaiah 44, 3, I will pour water on the one who is thirsty and floods of the dry ground. Notice the condition is that you're thirsty. That means that there is a hunger and a desire. And then in Isaiah 41, Verse 17, Let me, I've, got, I've got it right here in front of me. Isaiah, I've got two or three scriptures that I want to read to you along these lines that are so instructive and edifying. And in Isaiah 41, beginning at verse 17, God says, The poor and needy search for water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst. Here we see the thirst again. Intense desire. Thirst represents intense desire. Their tongues are parched with thirst. But I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will make rivers flow on barren heights and springs within the valleys. Both of those passages we read are prefaced with the condition of thirst. And if you study revivals in history, which I have done, you will always find that it comes forth through people who have a deep, intense thirst and desire towards God. David, uh, King David, who wrote many of the Psalms, he had such a thirst and a hunger for God. And in one of his Psalms, I'm sorry, I can't quote you the exact one, but somebody put this to a very powerful worship course back in the 1970s. Says, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul after God. <laughs> and David, who was a shepherd, I am sure uh, that during times of, of heat and drought, he had seen a deer panting for water, his tongue hanging out and panting for water. And David said, That's how I feel towards God. Oh, how I desire to know him and to experience his presence. And, um, and, 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 so, and so God has promised, I will pour water on the one who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. And, and then here again, the one I just read, I will make rivers flow on barren heights. Reminds me of what Jesus said in John 7, 37 through 39. Whoever is thirsty, and there is that condition again, revival will never come from people who are self-satisfied and comfortable with where they are in life and in their relationship with God. Revival always comes forth from people who are thirsting and hungering to know God in a greater and deeper measure and to be a more effective witness for him and to see his power and his glory and his name honored in the earth. And so 
I will pour water on the one who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. And Jesus said, whoever is thirsty, let him or her come to me and drink. As the scripture has said, out of their innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And that is the gospel of John. That is John quoting Jesus. And then John comments on these words saying, but this he spake concerning the Holy Spirit. Yeah, well, he, Jesus himself used water as a type of the Spirit. And this he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit, whom those who believe on him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given. That time the Holy Spirit was not made available to all of God's people as it was later on the day of Pentecost. And then I want to read to you, as we bring this to a close, I want to read you a powerful scripture from the Old Testament. And uh, these, all these passages, they are, in the New Testament, they're referred to as types and shadows. They're giving us pictures of what is to come and God's desire for his people. And Ezekiel had a great vision of the restoration of the temple. He lived during a time when Jerusalem had been devastated and the temple destroyed by her enemies. But he saw a great vision of the restoration of the temple. And I believe what he was seeing was, was, was not the restoration that came forth uh, later through uh, Nehemiah, Ezra, uh, and then through uh, Herod the Great, uh, finished building that temple, which is the one we read about in the Gospels. Because in the New Testament, we read about another temple still coming, a temple, the, the final temple, which is the people of God. And Paul talked about this in different places. He said to the Corinthians, the Corinthian believers, who were, were people who had just been saved out of paganism, he said, do you not know who you are? Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. And so here in this passage, in the vision that he saw, and uh, he saw this restored temple and he saw water flowing from the temple. Listen to this. Uh, he said to me, the waters, the water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Jordan where it enters the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is there in Israel today. It's called the Dead Sea because there's no life in it. It's sometimes called the Salt Sea. It has a very heavy concentration of salt, and nothing can live there. There are no fish at all in the Dead Sea. But in the vision he saw of this restored temple, and this is a picture where God is giving an illustration of something he wants us to understand. He says, when it empties into the sea, that this is this, this river flowing from, from the temple, when it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. Wherever this river flows, it brings life. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Oh, hallelujah. Now, I believe that is a picture, an Old Testament type of the temple of God, which you and I are and which we're supposed to be. And out of this temple where God has deposited his Holy Spirit, his, his, the water of his life is to flow and bring life everywhere it goes. But the problem is 
the church through the centuries keeps falling into this thing of what I call in my book that I've written on this subject, institutionalism, where we become dependent on our organizational structures and on our rituals and our formalities and we settle down and we rest in just going to church and going through the motions and returning home. And so that's why we need revival. We need the church to get a vision that we are here today to be that place where the Holy Spirit is flowing out of us corporately, but also as individuals flowing out from us and bringing life. We can't produce the life, but as a vessel of the Holy Spirit, that life will flow through us and bring life everywhere it flows. It will bring life, Ezekiel said. And that's what Jesus was talking about. And I'm sure he was referring to those Old Testament prophecies when he said, Whoever is thirsty, let him or her come to me and drink. Whoever believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of their innermost being will flow those rivers of living water. There's a little course we used to sing years ago. There's a river of life flowing out from me. It makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. And the church today needs to repent. Much of the church needs to repent. Of, of having uh, rejected the life and power of the Holy Spirit and becoming dependent upon its own abilities and talents and, and orders and structures and, uh, and rituals and formalities and all how we need the water of the Holy Spirit flowing once again. I'm Eddie Hyatt. This is the Eddie Hyatt Podcast. I hope you'll check out my book, 1726, which will give you a history of revivals in America, how a great revival even gave birth to this nation. You'll never be the same when you read this book, and I will look forward to seeing you next time.